It's coming. And it tastes so sweet. You'll hop when you eat. Come on. Hold on to your tummy. We got something good. With my hauntingly delicious cereal. It's so good, I crinkle every time I eat it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cereal Killer, the podcast where we pair breakfast cereal with true crime. I am your host, Anastasia Washington, and with me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Maria Spertolozzi. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, this week, we're talking about a pretty... Uh, well, relevant, also, like, highly popular. I hate saying that. <laughs> um, it's, this is this is a person who's been in the media, like, a lot in recent years. Yes. Um, we are talking about the Golden State Killer, or also the Iran, or... Uh, Iran is how you spell it, which is the East Area Rapist. Oh, yeah. Um, because he, uh, or the original Night Stalker. So the original Night Stalker, East Area Rapist, or Golden State Killer. All are used to describe this one man. Um, and we're going to discuss him here today because uh, actually today was his sentencing day. Sentencing day. So really relevant. <laughs> really, really relevant. Um, okay, so, uh, cereal. You guys, I'm not proud of this one. Okay, I was trying to find something with, like, sunshine, golden, something like that. My my dog is going to bark in five seconds. Ready? Oh. Never mind. Um, so, I, uh... I was trying to find something with, like, golden, with, like, sunshine, and um, the obvious choice would have been to, like, do, like, golden grams, but I don't really know where there is golden grams anymore. <laughs> like, is this a cereal anymore? I don't know, but <laughs> I, I did Mom's Best Cereals Honey Nut Toasty O's because honey... Is golden? Is it? It's good, right? You're growing a lot of nuts. There you go. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a very California cereal. Like look, look at that box. It's like they're at the beach. They're making sandcastles. They're just dusk or something. There's something about wind energy on the box that I can see. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Made using renewable wind energy. This is a very California cereal. It even shows you things that you can do for your health, uh, for your home, and for your happiness. I love this choice of having two, like, darker people on this box, but that woman still has platinum blonde hair. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Um, it says that for your health, you can swap out your centerpiece for a bowl of fresh fruit as a, as a colorful decor and a great reminder to reach for healthy snacks throughout the day. <laughs> then when it's that's gone, there's no centerpiece. Right, right, right. Oh, there's no, you use the old centerpiece so you get more fruit. Yeah, that, that, that would be the thing. Okay. okay. Thank you, Fiona. Um, and then, um, 
Oh, so uh, you can also use eggshells to uh, make uh, saplings for your home. What? Yeah, like oh, just, the like egg crate. Yeah, oh, no, just the actual egg shell. Oh That's man. Really cool. Yeah. Oh, and, and then for your happiness, oh, just right. say thank you to people. Just say thank you. I love this box of cereal so much. <laughs> so you know. I think it's very Californian. I think it's very hippy dippy. Um, I'm going to Yes, you can definitely find it at Erewhon, which I've actually never been to an Erewhon. Neither have I. I just know it exists. And my uh, mom blew my friend's mind when she told him that it's supposed to be like nowhere spelled backwards. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. I feel like a bad Californian that I've never been there. Like, I've lived in L.A. literally my whole life and have never been to an Erewhon. So, uh, one day. Dreams will come true. One day. Um, Probably go to the one in Calabasas. It's fancy. Yeah, and I might see a Kardashian or something. So, um, these are very pale because they have, like, no preservatives. They're all naturally flavored and they don't have any dyes. So, they're super pale and, like healthy looking and I'm going to eat one dry right now. Yeah. I mean, it's really good. <laughs> it does have like a slightly, um, get out of my milk. No, don't drink my milk. Thanks. <laughs> my cat just drank my milk. You guys, <laughs> ladies, and <gentlemen. laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my cat just ate my milk. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and you think I'm not going to drink it? I am. Um, I will. <laughs> The weird thing is, like, they're really good, but there's, like, a slight, um, I ate cardboard aftertaste. hmm Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, I mean, I don't hate it. It's not going to stop me from eating it, but just know that you'll get a, a little... A light, yeah. light cardboard aftertaste, yeah. Yeah, a light cardboard aftertaste. So that's a, a knife up for that. Um, dry. Now I'm going to add... Cat milk, apparently. Good. <laughs> okay. Kitten is everywhere, as kittens do. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have gotten a kitten, and she apparently thinks everything is hers. It's not. <laughs> Cat. <laughs> The cereal is delightful. <laughs> it's a knife up. I mean, it tastes a lot like Honey Nut Cheerios. But healthier? But like a little healthier. I feel like you can, you know, pat yourself on the back for not being as processed. Again, very Californian taste of um, <laughs> choice of cereal. Um, I don't think it's actually organic, though. It just has, like, no synthetic flavors, no artificial. It's just, like, no GMOs and stuff. I don't think it's technically organic. Interesting. But I think you could go even further into the healthiness. But this is a, you know, a healthier compromise. Um, and it's delicious. Knife up. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm digging the, the aftertaste of um, cardboard. It's delightful. Mm. Milky cardboard. Mm-mm-mm. Um, get out of my cereal. That's mine. That's mine. Yeah, get out. 
<laughs> yeah, go away. Leave. Leave. Yeah. Look at the window. Isn't that fun? Go to the window. Um, okay, so knife up all around. Um, this is a cereal you can find at the health food stores, but you can also find it at Target. So um, it's mom's best cereals. I tend to buy them a lot because that's who I am as a person. Um, okay. Murder. Um, so the Golden State murderer, um, became kind of notorious because... Sorry. For some reason, when you call him the Golden State murderer instead of the Golden State killer, it sounds silly. Okay. Golden State killer. I don't know why. (laughs) I can't can't explain it. Fair enough. Fair enough. The Golden State killer. Yes. He became He became famous because of a crime writer named Michelle McNamara, who um, was kind of, no, not kind of, was obsessed with him. Um, And and she did a lot of research. And ultimately, a lot of the stuff that she did um, contributed to his capture. Um, But... She, unfortunately, was not alive to see said capture, um, which we'll get into. Um, So this killer actually started out as the East Area Rapist um, in, let's see, 1976. And June of 1976 is when he... East Area of what? East area of California. That is a good question. Um, Sacramento area um, is where these crimes begin to happen. They were... They were very, very, very creepy because usually I think most people think, oh, these women, like, women are going to be alone and... um, he, you know, if you're alone, you feel more danger, you know, you feel like you're in more danger. Um, the thing about him is that he actually went, um, at first he did just go after women alone in their house. Like that was, you know, like the typical, yeah, like sneaking through the window, sliding glass door or whatever, sleeping, woman um he would threaten them with a a handgun or um some kind of weapon he would bind them with um often shoelaces actually um blindfold them gag them um and um eventually he started attacking couples um which is kind of what sets him a little bit apart from a lot of rapists um, because he would force the couple to tie each other up. And um, he did a variety of different things. Like it wasn't always like a couple. Sometimes it was like a daughter and her, you know, mom or something like that. And he would do things like put dishes on the male's back. So if he moved, you know, he said he would kill the woman. Um, 
and then he would go and rape her while, you know, the husband or boyfriend or other person was in the same room or if not could hear um, what was happening. And he often like, he would like spend a lot of time in the home. He would like go make himself a sandwich. He would like drink beer there. He would just do like, he just had this like. Take a nap in one of them. Yeah. He just had the audacity to just kind of like completely and totally terrorize these people. Yeah. Yeah, just completely take over and invade. Yeah. Um, so he was believed to, like, you know, take some, like, personal object. But he what and occasionally, like, maybe cash or, like, weapons. But he wasn't, like, like completely robbing the home. He might, like, eat the sandwich, doing stuff like that. But it wasn't, like, a robbery. Like, yeah. yeah, he wasn't making off with, like tons of jewels or like right. uh, appliances or anything. Right. The motivation for these were, was the terror and the rape. And um, it was, I mean, terrifying. Like these people are, it's like, you can watch actually on HBO right now, they have um, a documentary about it. And it's mainly from the perspective of completing Michelle McNamara's work because she spent a majority of, her adulthood obsessed with this case um, and ultimately died of an overdose before um, yeah, seeing um, this man brought to justice. Um, but they actually have a lot of interviews of these people, um, the, you know, at least the survivors. And um, it's weird to see which, like there's a couple that actually survived this and are still together. And it is very interesting to see them interviewed. Um, just to see, like, how, how you can survive, like, that kind of situation wow. and still be, like, married and loving. Because that is a hard, it's hard, it's such a hard situation. Um, such a traumatic know. thing to go through. I mean, it, like, it's one of those things that I feel like either brings you together and you can heal together and help each other. Or you just have to, like part ways because it's so hard to like process yeah exactly um so he was the east area rapist from 1976 uh, june of 1976 to july 1979 um and then um he became known as the original night stalker so you may know the night stalker as richard ramirez um he, after, you know, um, they find out this, you know, they start calling Richard Ramirez the Night Stalker. They changed his name to the original Night Stalker. Um, and he was operating under, well, he didn't name himself this, but they were <clears throat> thinking um, the original Night Stalker um, was uh, active from October 1979 to May 1986. Um, that is when D'Angelo, who is actually the person that committed all these crimes that we find out later, uh, began killing his victims and striking in the Santa Barbara County. Um, The attacks lasted until 1981, but there was one. So like his spree was like 1979 to 1981, pretty actively, but he did kill somebody in 1986. 
as well. So it was like a long kind of pause. And once you actually, um, once you actually know who he is, you know that he had a daughter around that time and she was quite like in 1981, she like was born. And then in 1986, you know, she was a little older. So in other words, you know, she was, you know, almost going to school and he could commit another murder, I guess. I don't know. It's very disgusting. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that's the span of his, of his, um, crimes. Um, he was a, this, this is a physical description that that people would would give and this is probably listened like the most <laughs> common ever right so he was a white male about 510 slender athletic build about nine to nine and a half shoe and he had type a blood but he was a non-secretor now non-secretors are basically um saying that his sperm doesn't contain like the blood antigens but i think and I'm, I could be wrong if you know this, but I think that they're actually kind of disproving some of the non-secretor. Like, I think that's inadmissible now or disproved. Um, but if you know, let us know because I, yeah. I thought that was one of those things like hair fibers and stuff that people don't, don't trust anymore. Don't trust anymore. Um, but could be. Just let me know if you know. Um, he did um, torture people by, like, victims by, like, calling them and yeah, saying, like, Merry Christmas or I'm going to kill you. Um, you know, he was a fuck. Um, and was, is, he, I mean, he's still alive. Um, yeah, so this group of uh, crime investigators brought together by um, Michelle McNamara, who... Um, actually was married to Patton Oswald if um, yes. um and had a, a kid with him so she's pretty um well known for for also true crime her true crime blog but um she was she started you know going to on the boards on the like you know internet and investigating with other people um she started investigating with Paul Holes who is one of the cutest detectives ever <laughs> in the history of the world. Um, me and my mom love to say Pauls um, over and over again because he's just so cute. Um, but uh, one of the things that Michelle McNamara really thought was going to get him was DNA. Um, DNA during his crime spree was so, I mean, it, at first it was not used at all. And then towards the end, it was just really a hard... Um, it was still in its infancy, but now, um, now we have so much better DNA technology. Um, and so she felt, um, that she was going to, they were going to find him through DNA and especially, um, during, uh, through familiar, uh, or fam how do you say it? Through family DNA. Um, familiar, familial, familiar. Um, so, uh, that, this was her theory. She, you know, got a actual like DNA profile made of him and she was trying to figure out how to implement this when she died. Um, fortunately after she died, they continued this process and, um, through, I believe it is 
23 and me, they got a hit. And found out that the killer was Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. Um, unfortunately, he is a Scorpio, you guys. November 8th, 1945 is when he was born. As two Scorpios on the show, just... Um, and um, he was actually a former police officer, which, you know, sucks <laughs> like, a lot and also makes a lot of sense um, that he got away with this for so long um, because he was operating with knowledge that um, you know, a typical murderer or killer would not have. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he was born in New York and, um, he was, you know, uh, in the army in West Germany. He also moved back and tried to marry his like high school sweetheart, but he basically like threatened her into getting married and she somehow like got yeah. out of it by like telling her parents about how controlling and horrible he was. Crazy he is. Yeah. yeah. That um, so they basically protected their daughter, which good for them and got her out of the situation. But then again, he did get married and, um, and have kids and all that. Um, he says that one of the reasons he kind of was, um, I, I always hate that, the, the, like, he basically saw his seven-year-old sister getting raped when he was, like, nine years old by two, he says two airmen, um, like, two armed force officers. Um, I don't know that we have any, like, Combination yeah. that happened, um, but I kind of feel like if I witnessed that, I wouldn't want to put any human through that ever again. But um, you know, I am not a you know rapist asshole, so um, who knows what your <laughs> what your motivation would be? <laughs> if <you're a> asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> you were a racist, or not racist? Sorry, rapist. You might be racist. I don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. But um, yeah, he he has three daughters. That's another thing that like like I can't even because I'm like, how do you do this to women and have three daughters at home? They're uh, the the happy face killer. His daughter did a whole podcast about finding out that her dad was this like serial, like gross serial killer, uh, while also being her dad, and it's like really interesting to listen to. Yeah, because I, I would as a person probably start questioning <laughs> my childhood a lot um, after that. I mean, he has three daughters. He was married since 1973. Um, they did separate um, and weren't together at the time of his arrest. And they did get divorced while he was in jail. Um, 
That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but they were they were also kind of like estranged. So um, he has um, so many names. So he's the Vesalia Ransacker, East Area Rapist, East Side Rapist, East Bay Rapist, Diamond Knot Killer, Night Stalker, Original Night Stalker, Eurons, which I feel like is the weirdest one ever, and Golden State Killer. Um, he killed 13. Um, he mur- uh, he raped at least 50 plus that they know of and um, burglared 120 plus. Burgled. Burgled. It's my favorite stupid word. Burgled. Burgled. Um, he was ultimately apprehended April 24th 2018 and he was like in um, I think he was in uh, God, it was someplace I have I was trying to find out what city it was. But it was just like some very small um, Random. suburb. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, it was like it was real real random and they were there was like they perp walked him out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but why he's so relevant but- today is because um he has been he confessed to to all the crimes um first of all um but he got sentenced today and also the um the documentary about Michelle McNamara and her investigation is currently on HBO and I believe like about 2 weeks ago was the final episode of that um which is a really good uh, it's a really good um, documentary. I mean, it does focus a lot on her and her um, yeah. feelings towards this. I mean, obviously, she had negative feelings, but like her obsession with it and like what it did to her life. Um, yeah. The so, book is that it's the name is based on or uses is really good as well. It, yeah, and I believe uh, there's all. I think I read it through audiobook. Um, which is cool because each of the investigators kind of, you, you know, obviously reads their their stuff. And also, um, she got hired to do this book before she died, and she died before it came out. Um, so Patton Oswalt and um, the rest of the investigators really um, had to finish this without her. And um, um I can't imagine how that process was for her husband, but um, I'm glad that we have it because it would have been really sad to have all her hard work never see the live day. So, um, yeah. And it, this, I think the names that you just listed demonstrate more than anything that this was a time well before uh, different police districts communicated with each other about cases. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy for them to, you know? Yeah. 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 This guy was like, it was the same guy in like five, six different counties around California. Yeah, with the same state, like it's within our state. They didn't communicate. They, they didn't like, yeah. And it, um, my boyfriend and I just watched the Zodiac movie, uh, the David Fincher movie, which is very good. He was very frustrated just because no one ever like officially found the Zodiac killer, and he was like, "What do you mean? I watched that for nothing." I know there's a lot of theories, just like there is about um, 
Jack the Ripper and stuff yeah. like that. That somebody believes that they found out who it is. But, um, <laughs> in watching that, it like very much struck me how how few police departments communicated with each other back in the like sixties and seventies, and how they were just like, well, that's their problem. <laughs> Not mine. <laughs> and like districts, even within like um, counties, you know, like it was just they didn't. It, it, information wasn't shared as easily as well, but it, you really were like, if you were in this community, you just worried about this community. You didn't like talk to other communities about your community's problems. Um, so today he was sentenced. Um, he looks like. I was saying he looks like some kind of like weird. Obviously, he's a, a disgusting individual and a complete villain. But At this point is also in his like what late seventies. Uh, he's actually seventy four. Oh, okay. Yeah, he just looks like just like eighty five. He looks like a vampire, like you know, like the master vampire. Okay. He looks like Prince Philip. I think that's his name. I'm not gonna look it up. <laughs> talking about it's the British royal dude who looks dead. That guy. Um, <laughs> like that guy. That dude. Um, but uh, Joseph D'Angelo uh, was sentenced to life in prison today, um, which you know, looking at him may not be that long. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially the way that American prisons are handling the coronavirus. That is also true. Um, the, the, the Supreme Court judge said when a person commits monstrosity, uh, monstrous acts, they need to be locked away where they can never harm another innocent person. Obviously, that's true. His statement to the victims is um, I've listened to all your statements, each one of them, and I'm truly sorry to everyone I hurt. That feels like a lawyer wrote it. GG, thanks. That really helps. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're so remorseful, and I very much, very much appreciate it. And it fills the hole that the person I loved you killed left in my heart. <laughs> like, um, so... At least he is being brought to justice, but when you think of the last time he committed a murder was in 1986, that is a long time of injustice and a long time of him just being free to live his life. Um, I hope that some, like, investigators or writers or somebody talks to him and finds out why he stopped. Because I'm just, like, truly very interested in what, like, caused him to be like, well, I guess I'm done with that forever. Yeah, I... Like, doesn't seem like he was, you know, secretly still killing or anything. No, it doesn't seem like that. Like, it doesn't seem like we're going to have any, like, shocking revelations that he was another... <laughs> another killer as well. I mean, he's just collecting names up and down the yang. But... Yeah, but I do think that I think life, you know, you know, being a father and being all this other stuff might have. I don't know how you balance that. That's what. No, like I just don't know how you balance that. Like I don't know how. 
And I think, you know, when he was a single man or when he wasn't like, he didn't have kids and he wasn't balancing that, I think it was probably a little bit easier than it was when he did have to do all those things. I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. I've never been an asshole um, rapist fuck. So, Fair um, you know, if you're an asshole rapist fuck. <laughs> right in. Let us know what it's like. So that we can turn you in. <laughs> Just kidding, but not. Um, <laughs> not kidding. I will turn you in in a second. Um, <laughs> So, uh, I, I have to say, knife down for being a, um, asshole rapist fuck and an asshole killer fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> um, knife up for, you know, independent, um, true crime sleuths that, you know, yeah. really did get this case done. Yeah, they got shit done. Like, um, that horrible, um, documentary, um, don't fuck with cats. Um, which is the scariest shit ever. Um, um, and that guy only killed one person. Jeez. Ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, knife down for him. Knife up for finally, uh, you know, coming to justice. Like, wow. Um, and knife up for all the people that contributed to that. Um, I'm going to say knife up for DNA, like 23andMe and Ancestry. D- uh, I-, I had a conversation with somebody and they're like, you want to put your DNA out there? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm not a fucking murderer. So what do I care? My, uh, my only qualm is that those are definitely in a big government database. And as much as I know the government has a lot of information about me, I don't necessarily want it to have my DNA. But my parents did it, so they already have my DNA. So it's a moot point. Yeah. I mean, and they're like, well, what about your relatives? And I'm like, well, if my relative is an asshole, then... No, my, uh, my parents did <laughs> one of them. It was either the Ancestry or the 23andMe... Um, but they did it mostly to find out what their, like, their actual ancestry was. Yeah. And, um, my mom's was a total mutt and my dad got his back and it was like 90%, uh, Mediterranean North African. (laughs) And we were like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. I actually did mine and this is going to sound so stupid, but I don't care. Um, I actually did mine because I was really tired of people um, questioning how black I was. <laughs> so you could pull out your like official quote unquote yeah, black card. Like every time I told people, they would come out with like some stupid remark, like, "Oh, well, you're probably not that black. How black was your father?" Like, I don't know. Like, I felt like I was being checked all the time. So yeah. I was like. I'm going to do this DNA test. And I was, um, I feel like I'm redeemed now. <laughs> like if people really mess with me, I'm like, well, here's the paperwork jerks. Um, so it's probably not the healthiest reason that I did it, but, um, I did it. Um, and yeah, I didn't really think about the crimes and stuff like that, that could be connected to family members. But honestly, I don't care if you did something like that and they caught you through me. My- <laughs> I'm that concerned. Like, you should probably have been good for you. Like, don't do shit. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is some like, I, I mean, I don't know if we, I don't think it's been released which relative did it. Um, but I'm sure they have some feelings <laughs> about it. I don't. And I don't, yeah. the reason like uncle or whatever goes to jail. Yeah, that you like, find out like one of the most notorious murderers. Absolutely. I'm sure that feels a certain way. I, I, I don't. I certainly would feel some type of way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's multi-layered. I think it's like, what did I do to my family? But also like, wow, you know. Yeah, holy shit, that was in my family, and now, man, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, if you know how that feels, write us. Let us know. Let us know. Um, and I hope I never find out. Because uh, that would be a lot. And I already have enough family issues. I'm good. Don't, um, need, don't need more. <laughs> don't really need more. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Knife Up for finding justice through all these different um, new technologies and new means. Um and a knife up for my cereal. Very delicious. Yum, I yum. can't eat it anymore because my cat stuck her whole face in there. <laughs> um, so knife down for that. Knife down for kittens who don't respect boundaries. <laughs> exactly. Um, which I'm used to because my family doesn't respect them. <laughs> Just joking. Or am I? Um, uh what else what else what else no. um let's see uh knife up for more communicate more interdepartment communication interpolice communication indeed and uh, knife, yeah knife up for dna testing developing um knife down for uh overdoses that's sad um real sad um but knife up for justice Ultimately, it wins in the end. Knife up for justice. Um, and thank you for listening. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And um, uh, we actually have some really exciting things happening uh, on our Patreon soon, which, yes, we will have a Patreon, which will be at Pod Serial Killer, like all of our social media is at Pod Serial Killer, um, which we would love to, you know, hear your thoughts, hear your pairings hear anything you have to say with regards to breakfast cereal or murder. Yes. That, that is what we do. Um, you can still find our um, panel, True Crime and Comics, uh, at WonderCon at Home on YouTube. Um, so be sure to check that out. It was a pretty amazingly fun um, conversation that we had. You can find me at Anastasia W on Twitter, at Anastasia Wash on Instagram, and Anastasia TV if you want to see some comedy. Um, uh, what am I? Ooh, this will come out when? Okay. I have a performance at Flappers <laughs> on August 27th uh, on the Medusa Comedy Show, uh, which is an all women and diverse um, stand up show. So be sure to check that out. Um, discount tickets and links on my social media. And uh, me and Maria also do another podcast together called One More Drink, which we're talking about first this season. 
and you can find it at one more drink on all of your social media platforms um be sure to rate and review pod serial killer i'm um, pod serial killer <laughs> Rate and review us, our show, at wherever you are listening to this podcast. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> also support us if you want at anchor.fm. Uh, and yeah, you can find me on the social media channels at Maria Longname. And by that, I mean Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, I also run the social media for a Southern California-based brewery, McLeod Ale, M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Uh, and we sell, actually now we ship beer in California. So Woo-hoo! if you live in California, you can get cans of our beer shipped directly to you. Check out our website mcleodale.com for more information yeah and it's really delicious i've actually been drinking on uh, my other podcast months and hops um and uh i've been pleasant pleasantly surprised about all the different varieties they have um they got everything for everyone yeah, we, have, we make uh, ve- many many styles and we just started a sub-brand van Nuys beer company that's going to do all the like hazies and sours and we're gonna do a seltzer <laughs> and who knows maybe one day we can convince them to let us do a serial killer beer <laughs> that can be my next uh staff batch of beer yes yes um serial so <laughs> yes so like you know stay safe and don't be a jerk you guys stay safe don't be a dick Bye.